Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Hadas Kuznets at the Boris for the preview party for the 8th annual Dinner on Blanc and I'm with co-host of the event, Natanya Debona. For those who don't know, what is Dinner on Blanc? Dinner on Blanc is a pop-up picnic that occurs each August. This year it's going to be August 22nd, um, where everyone pops up in a secret location, wearing white, bringing their tables, chairs, food, and enjoys a public space for a great evening. So that's the big uh, reveal tonight, the date? The date is the big reveal, and this one's important to reveal because it's not the third Thursday. It's the fourth Thursday this year, so some people have gotten used to it being on the third Thursday. How do you come up with the decision of when to hold the event? Um, well, this year we thought we were moving a little too early into vacation season, to be honest. And then also there's a night market on August 15th, which is the third Thursday. So we wanted to be respectful of the people participating in that and also our lovely transportation system. So um, it'll be the following week. Night market celebrates the public and public space and food. So we know there's a lot of overlap in our participants. So we didn't want people to have to make that choice. So let's talk quickly about the preview party before we talk about the main event. How has the preview party evolved? It seems like it has gotten bigger. It definitely has gotten bigger. We did our first one at Williamstone on Walnut Street. It was very small. We've added now table decorating contests, multiple vendors. This year we have eight different registrations we're giving away. We're doing a raffle benefiting Broad Street Ministry. We're doing a raffle with purchases from participating vendors here at the Bourse. And then there's a little pop-up Philly component too. So in celebration of our eighth anniversary, we really wanted to give a lot of opportunities to get people some free registrations. Explain what the registration covers. So the registration is table for two to the event, to attend. Um, but you get lots of entertainment. Last year we had close to 100 different performers. You get to experience this amazing community building experience in a public space and have a great night in Philadelphia. There is something special about having to bring your own tables and chairs. Explain that whole process. And also, like, when everybody sets up, it's like, voila, everybody's set up perfectly in order. Can you explain how that works? Well, we are very proud. Several years in a row, um, the police department has taken an amazing aerial shot. And when you see those perfect rows and they match the map that we work tirelessly on, it's very, very rewarding. But the idea behind everyone um, bringing their tables is that so we set up and break down very quickly. So when we reserve a space, the impact on the city in that space is very minimal. So we can shut down, you know, in the case of Broad Street, 6.15 for a 7 o'clock event because everyone is doing their part and breaking down just as quickly. And it's only like a little bit of, I don't know how many square feet is it per couple? So the tables are 28 inches to 32 inches square that we allow for the participants to bring and then we build a little extra wiggle room around them for the stuff they bring. 
Describe how you plan out where the tables are going to go. I notice sometimes there's tape on the floor. Like, what happens? Well, it depends on the venue. Sometimes we use chalk, um, sidewalk chalk. Sometimes we use flags. In the case when we were at Navy Yard and we were in the grass, our logistics team maps it all out and then just tirelessly works on it that day. Last year, my co-host had a baby, so she joined in on the fun, helping us at 6 in the morning map everything out at City Hall. So a lot of careful consideration goes into it. That's why we're specific about the dimensions so we can fit. Now, over the past eight years, people have had a lot to say about Dinner on Blanc. Has it become like smoother now that you're in your eighth year? <laughs> um, I think there's more awareness about what it is, that it's not that people are selected or chosen. It's that it is there's a select amount of space that we have, and registration is open to all. There's just limited you know, tickets to be sold. So that's probably the biggest misconception. The other one, that we're not paying for the supports we receive, and we do. We pay for the rentals. We pay for security. We pay for trash collection. All of that is what goes into doing the event. If you've ever been to an event, it's not, it doesn't look cheap. No, and I have to give it up to our participants. We always have amazing table decorating. That's why the contest is on at the preview party to kind of show what the possibilities are. But people really invest in what they display. So it's a, it's a really nice spectacle. Same with the way they dress. It's kind of a great way to show off all the possibilities. And it's a relatively you know, inexpensive ticket to do that. So you do encourage people to really dig deep into their creativity with the tables, with the decor, with the dress. Tell me about that and tell me about some of the like the ways people really get into it and express themselves. Yes, um, it is always incredible. We always love looking at Instagram the next day and search under our hashtag. This is DEBPHL19 this year because there's so much we miss and there's so much creativity that's out there. People really bring string lights and just do it up. We always say to be mindful of what you can carry because you're not sure how you're getting there. You might be on a bus, private bus, but you could also be on subway or walking. So I always say stick to what you can carry on your shoulders. There are tables that you can carry easily, very light. Absolutely. There's roll-top tables that fit in a bag that are easy to carry over your shoulder. And lightweight uh, chairs from Ikea. You've been on the hunt down over the past eight years, I presume. I have narrowed it down. And the Ikea chairs are like 7 or $8, so you can really do it inexpensively. And then each year, people who go the year before as a registered member get to go the next year to register. So it's a one-time investment that you'll have for all the years you participate. Okay, explain what happens. There's a registration. Who gets to register? How do you get in for next year? If you skip a year or a couple of years, can you come back? Like, what's the situation? Yeah, so the important thing is if you go one year and you're the registered member and you can't attend the following year, there's registration. When it opens, you can register as an absent member. That's important because it keeps you on phase one for the following year. Wait, is that is that paid? You have to pay for that? Yes, yeah, a small fee. It does not go to us. It goes to International for maintaining the website. Um, but it but it's not the, the and it's not the main. No, fee. no, no. It's maybe ten dollars. Okay. Um, but then it just solves the hassle of trying to get back in. And so if you're phase one and you're registering, you're guaranteed a spot. Phase two are people recommended by phase one attendees. It's not guaranteed, but it's kind of like a pre-sale. And then for phase three, it's people from our wait list on our website. And this year, are you also announcing when everything is opening? That will be in July, but I can tell you we're having 6,000 guests this year, which makes us the largest in the U.S. again. We're reclaiming that title, so we're very excited about that. How many Dinner on Blancs are there in the United States and around the world? There's 80 around the world. I'm not sure about the U.S., possibly 40 or so. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you were the first in the U.S., right? No, we were the second. Uh, New York was the first in 2011, and then we were that next wave right after it in 2012. We started with 1,300 guests that year, and now we're up to 6,000. So it goes along with growing each year. That's the intent of the event since its founding in Paris 31 years ago. How many people attended last year in Philadelphia? It was about 57, 5,800. Wow. And you expect to really fill up all the spots? We do. We do. How many people are usually on the wait list? Um, well, it's hard to say because it, it's rolling each year. Um, so we don't like to say how many people because it's not very accurate. But let's say it's competitive. How has the event evolved over the past eight years? From planning to participation. Let's talk about, first of all, your end. On the planning end, have you kind of got, got it down? Do you, you clearly know what you're doing. Well, I'd like to say we've learned from a lot of um, experience. Of course, our biggest learning opportunities are in things that don't necessarily go right. And we're really good at taking surveys and getting feedback. And we grow from that each year, which we're very thankful. We also have amazing volunteers. We're up to about 160 volunteers this year. We could not do this without them. And we have a 10-person planning team. The planning team works from April to you know the event and then a little bit after to make sure it all happens. And that's what I would say the biggest growth is because, you know, the volunteers. But each new location poses its new challenges. That we know. So what are some of the things you've had to learn from in the past that this year is making it even, you know, the best ever? I always like to say they're like children. I can't pick a, you know, a, a top spot. So I always think they're always good. But I think the growth is always a good thing. And then getting to show off new spots. You know, City Hall was really interesting for us last year. We got to show off the international aspect. You know, like we had 100 performers throughout the space and really wanted to show off the reach of the event at the location. This year, it's going to be a different feel. It's going to be very different from last year. That's the little hint I can give you guys. But uh, yeah, we programmed to the space and that always offers new opportunities to program. So it's always a place in Philadelphia? Um, it's always a place in Philadelphia. It isn't necessarily in um, a high traffic area. It has been some years. Some years it hasn't. The Navy Yard's a good example of that. It just depends on um, the year. We have to look at construction schedules, lots of development and building going on in Philly, which is great. But we have to be mindful of that. So that kind of dictates. And then, of course, how much space we can uh, use for our guests. Now, do you like to, is there, I mean, I know sometimes you like to match like the theme of the year or what's going on or milestone years with where you like to have the event. So what can you tell us about the eighth year? Because I know people like to guess. Um, I can't say much, but there is a little bit of symbolism in uh, where we picked and the eight. That's all I'll say. Where you picked and the number eight? Yes. Hmm, okay, we got to think about that. When are you going to announce the opening of registration and where do you announce it? Is that an email thing? Yes, um, we, all through social media is when we give people the heads up, but it's all through email. So phase one attendees will get emails about when that registration opens and that's all done in July. So keep your eye on your email in July. Correct, but also watch social media because things end up in spam folders. So we communicate everything through our Instagram and our Facebook. So what's the timeline? Phase one gets how much time to register and then phase two and then phase three? So phase one gets about a week. They're very lucky. Phase two, a, a few days, and then phase three, it's really just a few hours because it sells out very quickly. And it's basically to fill up the 6,000. Correct. What is the hardest part about organizing an event like this? Um, I think 
think it's being organized. I think, like I said, we have it really down to a science and we've learned from a lot of things. But even tonight here at this preview party, you realize there's things you think you communicated really well and it gets lost in translation. So you just have to surround yourself by really, you know, good people who kind of are mind readers and get the event. And fortunately, we've got so many dedicated volunteers who really love the event. So we're, we're very lucky and we couldn't do it without them. Now, since this really is like a pop-up dinner at a secret location, you have to be a great communicator. What have you learned about communication? Well, I think we were really given a good roadmap from International. The way we do our tables, each group is 50. Each group has a table leader who communicates that. So that really is has always been a good thing for us as far as with our volunteer, our table leaders to the guests. I'm just picturing you like out in your, lo your secret location. Do you have to go there in the middle of the night so nobody knows? Do you, like people know who you are by now? We've gotten caught a couple of times. We try and go, you know, when it's you know not very populated. We go undercover, um, but we've been caught. Art museum is when we were caught. But you hope that people understand that it's all part of the the lore of it and that they keep the secret. So, what do people love about dinner on Blanc? What's the draw? I think. One, it's that it is always in a new location, but I think it's the community. I mean, I'm looking around, and these people have known each other for years. Our volunteers have been coming back year after year, and I think um, that's the kind of unexpected bonus, that you're in a public space but feeling part of one community, and Philadelphia is a great city. We love sharing, uh, showing it off, and I think people get into that, the, just the fun and the joy of it. It seems like Instagram is like the additional Dinner on Blanc participant, like the, the one kind of entity that takes over. Absolutely. I think social media has definitely been a help for us. And certainly after the event, when people see all these posts coming up at spots, I think they really get maybe a little FOMO. So we get a lot of uh, posts to our wait list the next day. But yeah, it definitely helps us, social media. When do you start planning for next year? Oh, we're probably already planning for it now. <laughs> impacted your experience in Philadelphia. Do you are you always like this is a great spot and this is a great spot and this is a great spot for when we hit 10,000 and this is a great spot for for you know three years after that? Well, I don't think we'll ever hit 10,000, but we are always looking. And Kaylee and I, my co-host, we're always texting, sending pictures. This looks like a great idea. This is good for two years when that massive building isn't being constructed. So we're always looking out. What was the thought process behind last year's, like Dilworth with the fountains? I think it really was in conjunction with the 30th anniversary in Paris. We loved celebrating that 17,000 people around the world got together in Paris. And City Hall is central to our city. We're such an international city and certainly we have so many Parisian influences. So we thought it was central and really reflected who we are as a city and a great way to show off the international flair. So the big thing right here at the preview party is the uh, table decorating contest. Yes. Um, you have a winner? We do. Unfortunately, I don't know who the name is, but it's the Bastille Day celebration at Eastern State, which unfortunately is no longer. But this year's theme was showing off public festivals and celebrations. So that is the winner, and it's fabulous. We'll be posting all the pictures, and people can see everything online. Is it a clue at all? I can't say. I can't say. Because that would be a great dinner on block at Eastern State Penitentiary. But I can say that the, the theme, definitely there's a table somewhere here tonight that is the location.
And it may or may not be the winner, which is Eastern State. It may or may not. <laughs> Where can people get more information? On our Facebook page and our Instagram, um, General Blanc Philadelphia. Do a Google search, you'll find us. The event is August 22nd, Thursday, somewhere in Philadelphia. All right, Natanya DeBona, co-host of General Blanc, thank you so much. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.